Sin acknowledges and pays respect to the owners of the land on which the Sin HQ and studios stand, the Wawandri people of the Kulin Nations. Sin also acknowledges and pays respect to the elders and traditional owners of the lands our content reaches, as well as the radio stations we broadcast from across the country. Your weekly fix of Asian music. This is Asian Pop Nation. Hey, hey, this is Asian Pop Nation, Sin's flagship show for Asian pop, Asian culture, Asian everything. So glad you could join us tonight. We have Lisha, Xenia, Aaron, Tracy, Jenna, Ethan, Lee, and myself as the team for tonight. Again, thank you for tuning in. So today's show is, or perhaps tonight's show, is a little different because it's mixtape themed. Later on, you're going to hear each of our members talk about some songs they really love. And after that, you're going to get to listen to the songs they really love. So I hope you're looking forward to that. But before then, we have a very, very big interview with Jaguar Jones herself, hosted by Leisha. So that's going to be coming up really soon. Stay tuned for that. So until then, make sure you have your toast ready because our next song is Mayonnaise by Ego Apartment. Now, next up, we have our big, long-awaited interview with Jaguar Jones, hosted by Leisha herself. Leisha, take it away. Hey, this is Leisha here from Asian Pop Nation. I'm joined by a very, very special guest. You might have heard us mention her name throughout the years of our show running. And I guess that's kind of proof of how much we at APN absolutely love this incredibly talented artist coming all the way from Brisbane. We have the one and only Jaguar Jones right here. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Asian Pop Nation. How yeah, thank you? you so much for having me. How I'm good. Yeah. I am very tired, to be honest. I just flew back from Perth and played the first show with the Wombats on tour. Yeah. Um, yeah, I heard yeah. of that. That is insane. You're kind of going on a whole roller coaster at the moment, which we will definitely dissect <laughs> more into. But yes, for our listeners, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? About myself? <laughs> um, I'm Jackie Jones. I'm a musician from Brisbane, which you already said. I make alt pop music, but really I'm into the visual side of music as well. So I love making the music videos. I find it really hard to say like, tell me about yourself. But I will say that I just uh, released my debut album. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's been a really exciting time. Yes, exactly. Bunny Mode, your debut album. Congratulations, by the way. Your album is just 10 out of 10. Love it so much. <laughs> but you. before we dive straight into the album, I just have this little question that we have. It was presented to us by one of our previous presenters of our team. They've been very curious since your real name is Dina Lynch. And they kind of want to know the story behind your artist name, Jaguar Jones, and kind of like, why did you decide to go with that name as like your musician name? Because I know you have alternative names as well for other projects. Um, yeah, it was um, a nickname that um, like fans and friends gave to me, uh, like as some kind of explanation for how different I am on stage compared to in real life. It was like this slow evolution of uh, it started first as people calling me Panther because they thought I was some like bis- mysterious big cat on stage. And then it formed into this kind of like 
you know, like almost like a like a nothing name, like John Doe or something, but it was Jaguar Jones. And when I came up with this project and putting it all together, I was trying to think of names that I wanted to call it and everything just felt so contrived. And so I remembered Jaguar Jones and I was like, you know what? I love it. Like it was given to me. It means something to me. So I went with it. It's just so beautiful. The name, I think it's just so catchy and it resonates a lot. And I guess I also think this particular album that we're going to be talking about resonates really strong to not just your fans, but I think just anybody who checks out this amazing debut album of yours, which is Bunny Mode. And yeah, once again, I love it. It was released literally right this month. And again, I love how powerful the whole album is and you can really feel the resilience you have as an artist being here in the Australian like music industry. I particularly really love because I saw you were on the Australian. I love the headline of how it says like, it's time for Jaguar Jones music to do the talking. And I feel like that's like a very strong message of what this album is. But again, I would love to ask you kind of what does Bunny Mode, this whole album mean to you personally? And how would you describe the whole process in the creation of Bunny Mode? Uh, It was very difficult um, journey of recording and creating for me and that's because it was in tandem with me being on the front lines of Mm -hmm. the Australian music industry Me Too movement. Um, So it's also very much wrapped up in um, trauma and pressure um, and meeting expectations and bearing the responsibility to ensure that um, people feel safe and can resonate uh, with the messaging in the album. So it is a really personal record for me. I poured literally like every cell of my body into this album. So I am so excited to be able to finally release it, but it's also a painful release too because it just makes me reflect on the last three years and how difficult that's been just you know, having to deal with trauma in the public eye and having every aspect of society want to take a piece of me. But I am really, really proud because I know that these songs will forever be a time capsule to what has been an incredible journey of growth and, you know, self-discovery for me as well. And I hope that it is also a place that people anywhere around the world who are fighting for something bigger than they are can come into and find that hope to overcome and define their trauma and take back their power again. Yeah, for sure. And it's just like, I hope you still continue to remain really like proud of yourself for this work that you created with this album. Because again, if like listeners out here, if you take a listen to the Bunny Mode debut album, it's just really strong, really powerful. And I don't, I don't want to get into my own in-depthness about how I almost cried by the end of the album, but it's just, oh, it's you. beautiful. It's, it's amazing. You've done so well. And thank also, while well, I would love to get into like each of like the 11 songs in the album, I do want to ask this little question of, like, I know this is quite a hard question to ask the artists because obviously, as you mentioned, probably each song means deeply to you. But I wanted to know if you have a personal favorite song in the album or, yeah. may- may- or maybe if that's like too hard of like a question because it's like, I know it's like picking your favorite child or something, but maybe a song that you have the most like memorable, like memory attached to it or something. Yeah, I think um, Drawing Lines is one of my favourite songs on the album. Um, I wrote that in a place of 
heartbreak um and there's always this like you know aching sadness when i listen to the song but it's attached to this like glimmer of hope and this understanding that like even though it's painful right now it's a necessary pain to go through to end up in a better place uh later and i'm definitely in that better place now and so it's a really great song for me to be proud of the resilience and fortitude that I displayed over the last few years. That song is also beautiful, <laughs> amazing. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I also I also do just I just love the song too. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, yeah, the lyrics is in it, but also like just oh, the sound and everything is so good. But my my personal favorite track and I think the interesting one to dissect especially with the context of how our show is like focus more on asian rep and stuff like that my personal favorite track is punchline and okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i just wanted to verbalize some of the lyrics not sing along because i think our listeners don't want to hear me sing at all in this sure interview they do. No, they do. <laughs> but i'll just verbalize some of my favorite lyrics of the song particularly the part which i like is the part when you're saying we love culture but make sure it's to our very liking make it milky make it plain and not too spicy so <laughs> So I, my own personal like interpretation, I see these like lyrics in the overall song kind of like details the tokenism that yeah. is faced by a lot of people in color in general in the music industry, especially the Australian music industry, which we know is still quite, I guess the focus is still more like in the Western landscape and stuff yeah, like that. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And I was wondering if you could, I guess maybe give a little bit of a your own deep dive like into punchline as a song just talking through that song in your own words how would you describe it yeah i didn't think i was going to release punchline yet mm -hmm. um i wrote the song and it was quite ready um early on uh, but i just thought it wasn't right for the mm. album and also because i was being held back by the fear of speaking up on this issue um like i said before being on the me too movement was already such a heavy cloak of burden yep. um so in my head i was like one fight at a time jaguar mm. like calm down and i also thought that being in australia conversations around that topic were way less progressive than in other areas of the yeah. world so i didn't feel like it was the right time for me to be able to bring something like that up because i felt like it would not be received well nor understood and i still feel that way but in the end everyone just kept saying the song is awesome don't hold it back because of that fear and i realized i was doing the same thing to the song that society does to mm -hmm. me so i decided to put it out there and it definitely wasn't received well in Australia compared mm. to other parts of the world. It was received so well in Asia, which was very telling. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it totally didn't work in the way I predicted here. But I am proud of it. And I probably will speak up uh, a lot more about it as my platform and my power grows. But <laughs> um, I keep pushing that to its limit at the moment and wish I had the platform and power and privilege to do more things to create safe spaces. But I was tired. I wrote the song out of frustration mm -hmm. and exhaustion. And, uh, you know, when you start out as an artist and, and you're an emerging artist, you don't feel the weight of it too much because we're all kind of hustling for that spot. But then as a marginalized voice, you start to realize that the spot for you is even more limited yeah. and there's only one or two spots available. So in fact, you're competing with the same people 
you know, with your people. And so in this society, we're kind of conditioned to treat each other as competitors in yeah. these like limited token spots that is available for our voices to be amplified. And I was feeling the weight of that. And I was also feeling the weight of how the music industry treated where I came from or who I was and what my culture was and that they would want to define how they want to receive it mm -hmm. because it was not palatable for mainstream consumption. Yeah, 100%. What you mentioned earlier about how, I guess, the industry, even till now, even though in the recent years in the Asian rep and how I guess in the Western scope, how they view Asians in general, the mindset has been changing, but there's still, there's still so much of these like industries in general that unfortunately just want to keep us and maintain us into these like societal boxes type of thing. Really? And I just wanted to ask you, because we are like a youth organization, and if there are potentially other young Asian Australian artists or just general Asian Australian youths who may be listening right now and they want to make in these type of industries, but they also, they feel that same weight of like people higher ups and stuff like that keep wanting to push me into these boxes. Like what sort of advice can you give? I mean, giving advice is hard because I'm yeah. still in the thick of it. Like I haven't mm -hmm. gone through the other end of it. Yeah. Um, I still don't have a sustainable career, but I don't want to turn people off from it too. I just want people to know that they're not alone mm -hmm. in those feelings of isolation and frustration. Um, and I hope we can somehow like, I mean, I feel like this show is a great place for it too, but find other avenues that we yeah. create for ourselves and build our own communities and support each other to make sure that we're not being erased or carved out of the narrative, that we do have opinions and value and we'll create that for ourselves and create platforms for ourselves as well. And that's what I'm trying to do as well. I don't know what the solutions are mm -hmm. except to just try and keep persevering and to use our voice and for hopefully one day to be understood. It's so hard to make people understand it because it's such an unseen thing. Yep. You know, it's really hard to describe it to someone who doesn't feel the weight of that or who mm -hmm. doesn't, you know, get marginalized in that way. Um, but I really just hope we can band together, support each other's music share it word of mouth is a powerful thing um and if we can't get our voices amplified through industry channels or media channels then we'll do it on our own in our own networks um and that's what i tried to do with punchline as well i put a call out for asian australian talent um to be a part of the music video yes yeah in the music video yeah yeah, yeah. and i didn't know anyone uh in that music video and we were all so amazing together. I'm so proud of what we created. And each of them were so incredibly talented. And it just makes me realize that representation has such a long way to go yep. in Australia still. And we got to just keep chipping away to make those spaces and representation happen. Yeah, 100%. And I guess, again, as you mentioned, like your music video with Punchline, everything, you have all these non-binary and Asian dancers in the music video, which is, again, so beautiful to see. And 
not only just in, with the punchline music video, actually six of the songs in the Bunny Mode album have official music videos attached to them. And you mentioned it at the very start, but you do self-direct a lot, if not all of the music videos. All the music videos are beautiful. I love like the, the fashion, the aesthetic, and again, the, the message at the end of the day, it's so powerful, so strong. And I just want to know, where do you get the inspiration for these music videos? Um... Uh, my brain? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I'm always consuming. I'm a bit like doe-eyed staring back out at the world. I feel like, I mean, it's quite known that I had a very turbulent childhood. Mm -hmm. And so I call Jaguar Jones like the period of my childhood that I never had. So I feel like there's this like playfulness to everything I approach in the Jaguar Jones project. I'm always trying things. I'm always consuming things. I'm always giving things a go. I never thought I wanted to make the music video or wanted to make the art around the music. But you know, it's a combination of survival and limited resources and also this playfulness. It has led me to just grow more and more as an artist, not just musically, but in all aspects of it. And I just love pushing those creative boundaries. For me, I find the ideas in all of my art and music through what I want to say. Mm. I think like you put aside the art and put aside the music. And I just love being a storyteller. Like that is my passion and I love building worlds. And so I always just think about like, what do I want people to feel and what world do I want them to enter into? And I feel like that's the fun foundation to how I come up with all the creative ideas around the music. That's so beautiful. And again, again, I think you've done what you've like set out and mentioned that you do, which is like creating all these worlds and Thank stuff you. like that. I, th I think they're just so beautiful. But yeah, I guess I'm going to do a minor sidetrack from everything to do with the Bunny Mode album, which if by now, listener, you're not convinced to listen to the album, better listen to it. It's so good. But I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, the fact that you made your big return this year in Eurovision, Australia Decides 2022, <laughs> Winners on Little Fires, which is also in the album, wink, wink. But yeah, I, oh God, I'm going to mention this again, but I did almost cry watching your performance, the performance of it. It's just so beautiful. Well, I did cry. Yeah, so you, you did see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I wanted to ask you kind of like, how did it feel to return to the Eurovision stage? And like, I guess this time with the audience as well after pandemic things, Ooh, we love pandemic, especially with a song entry like Little Fires. How did it feel to like return? Yeah, when I got asked to come back, my gut feeling was no, I'm not sure if this is right for me. But then I thought about, about it more and I realized that like since the pandemic, so much has happened for context as well. I was one of the first COVID-19 patients in Australia and mm. I was in hospital for five weeks. I didn't know what was going on then and I was away from my family and friends for six months as I battled through with my health. So there was that and then there's the Me Too movement and then being thrown into this high pressure position of leading this movement and making sure that I was doing things perfectly because people so want to take you down, but mm. also making sure that I was um, doing okay mentally as well. And that was really difficult because when you're being like on the front line, you're actually wearing that strength for so many people. So then I thought about what got me through that 
really difficult period and it was the Eurovision community. That community is so supportive, so generous, so considerate and so giving that that's what carried me through and supported me. It was like the pillars of strength through that really difficult time. So I wanted to come back for them and I wanted to give back for what they had given to me, but I also wanted to use that platform to say something. So regardless of whether I represented Australia in Eurovision or not, I wanted to make sure that I used that moment, that three minutes on stage to actually say something powerful and to hopefully reach out through the TV screens or on stage to people that have been in the darkness like I was and is a sexual assault survivor or abuse survivor um, and know that there are people in their corner. Um, And so that's why it was a really emotional performance for me because I put so much into it and made it so high stakes that when it was over, I felt like what you are watching, if you look it up, look up the performance, you're watching that kind of release happen straight on stage in front of the audience and letting the audience catch that for me. Um, So I've never, ever had a performance experience like that ever and I don't think I'll have something comparable in a really long time but that was a very special moment in my career for me. This is so beautiful. You were amazing on stage and I guess maybe this is a good segue since we're talking about performing on stage and stuff like that you are about to kickstart your tour yes yeah (laughs) i'm so excited for this yes (laughs) oh my god yes y'all jaguar jones is about to go on tour across australia (laughs) and argos if you are a melbourne listener in particular i got the dates here 18 of june in melbourne and i guess for our regional folks geelong on the 19th of june and just ah, how are you feeling about this whole like tour like happening I'm scared, um, but excited. It's been a long time since we've done our own headline to us, so I have no idea um, what to expect. I really hope people come to the shows and buy a ticket. I know the pandemic has really changed the culture around going to events, and I understand that, but I would really just love to see people and bring this music face to face because live performance is my favorite part about music that connection is what I thrive on so yeah I can't wait I can't wait to play some of these new songs off bunny mode um, and see how they go in the live atmosphere and yeah I really hope people come to the tour so would love to see Melbourne and Geelong faces at the corner and Barwon club yeah of course and oh my god if I wasn't like 20 billion like miles away you already know I would have been one of those (laughs) I I definitely would have just been right there in the Melbourne show oh I really want to see you so badly live because you're just so (laughs) you're amazing but yes listen if this is your cue go to our show it's gonna be amazing time I'm 100% sure but yeah I guess I'm like little these are like just small wrapping up question moments since again you mentioned the past I guess two to three years have been a quite influential years in terms Mm -hmm. especially in terms of like your advocacy for very much needed change that needs to happen with the Australian music industry I just wanted to ask you since we're kind of I guess right now we're in June, so it's the first half of 2022. How would you as an artist kind of like sum up this, like right now, this year in the first half of 2022, how would you sum up this particular time period for yourself right now? 
I would call it um, the beginning of a chapter, but also the ending of a chapter for me. It's a bit of a both. And I am so excited to just like make my artistry my priority. The advocacy has been so important to me and Mm -hmm. will always stay important to me. But I came into this industry to be an artist and I just want to show people what I'm made of as an artist. And I really hope Bunny Mode is the beginning of that journey. So I'm really looking forward to what's to come. Yeah, and I think that is a really beautiful final note to add with our interview with Jack or Jonesy. Again, we're in radio mode, so you can't physically see my face, but I'm just, <laughs> my heart coming out of my, like, body. I'm it's just, so cute. Uh, Do you know what you remind me of? I don't know yes. if this is so bad, because it's one of my favorite animals, but you remind me of a Shiba Inu right now. Oh, my God. Like, Because when they're so happy, they're, like, really wriggly, and they're, like, super <laughs> smiley. So I'm just like hoping that because they don't see the video right now, that's the vision the listeners need to have in their mind <laughs> is just like Leisha just like wriggling all over the screen with like the biggest smile and it's so cute. <laughs> oh my God, thank you. Oh my God, no, that's cute. That's adorable compliment. Thank it's you. It's the cute energy. It's like the cute, happy energy. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, I guess where can our listeners find you? Plug everything I beg. Yeah. Um, so you can find Bunny Mode um, on all of your favorite streaming platforms, um, including Bandcamp, if you like to purchase, you know, the files directly. And my vinyl is now ready for pre-order and it's a limited run. So jump onto my merch store to find it. Um, but yeah, everything's under Jaguar Jones and Jones is J-O-N-Z-E. And Jaguar, hopefully, was obviously the animal. On a final note, could you tell us a little bit about this upcoming song we will be playing next title, Swallow? Uh, Swallow is my middle finger to the patriarchy and the male gaze. And you're listening to it on Asian Pop Nation with Jaguar Jones and Leisha. Oh, yay! (laughs) 